0: This is The After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. We're
1: running behind and I'm so sorry. I'm tardy. I feel like I have to stay to the end of the the Mark Thompson show and put that after party link in. Yeah, so I well, put the link right at the end. Lose so anybody,
0: yeah, people... uh, 13 minutes past the start yeah, of
1: the show. I hope the not. Right. But thank you for being here. If you're coming on over, we appreciate you being at the After Party Live. And it is Friday, we're excited about the show. John, you have outdone yourself finding some great stories. I love that we'll talk about Goldie Hawn in just a little bit. That's a great story. But yesterday, you had brought up something about mark zuckerberg and we were it was mm-hmm. a story we were talking about um kiteboarding or kite surfing and that people put that white stuff all over the zinc all over their face and yeah. i thought you were making a joke about white people but right. i had you forgotten. immediately went to race i i went there but you weren't because you sent me the picture last night and we have to show it
0: yeah, so I, you know, <laughs> when you're live, you're on the spot, sometimes your brain doesn't yeah. engage. I meant to say sunscreen, but I said white cream because mm-hmm. I was just visualizing, like, you know, when you think of this image, yeah. all you can think of is white cream. <laughs> but it it was sunscreen. And, uh, yeah, this was from 2020. This was, I think, around May 2020. Yeah. I remember we covered this on the morning show uh, with Nikki Maduro. I mean, yeah. that's So a, you can understand... Creepy. Yeah, yeah, you were saying, like, how could you make fun of him? This is why I can make fun of him.
1: Look at that. See, I'm the kind of person that the minute you I go out in the sun, I turn bright red. Like, there's no tan for me. So I yeah. get the need for, like, zinc or heavy sunscreen. But this looks like almost like a scream mask. That's What's like this? clown
0: makeup. And, yeah.
1: Or yeah. maybe he's
0: just revealing his true self as the lizard
1: man. <laughs> maybe he is. That's pretty good yeah um, so now so you understand I'm, why i the, understand uh, the now callback we get it. to the white yes. cream yeah um we you know it's a good day when we get to start off the after party live with bears and we're doing it today
0: yeah i feel like we have to get all the bear stories uh, yes. in before they hibernate yes right um yeah so this is a story of two bears and um let's see my image disappeared but i'll just go right to the story <laughs> um this sheriff's deputies responded to an Indiana home to help round out uh, round up a pair of unusual uh, escaped bears. Um, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that a resident called 911 to report her two bears had escaped from their fence enclosure. "Wait a minute, her two bears."
1: Wait, no, you don't have pet bears, do you?"
0: Welcome to Indiana. Yes, this is what do. we were talking about. You know, in certain, in certain wow. parts of the country, you're allowed to have exotic uh, animals. No, probably shouldn't, but they do. Um, yeah, this is insanity. Um, it's not like a stray dog. You can't just send one deputy out there with one of those animal catch poles. The post said the bears were still behind a fence on the property, but deputies worked to acquire a tranq gun in case they tried to climb out. These poor animals. The responders yeah. ended up not needing to use the tranquilizer as the bears returned to their enclosure on their own. They're like, this is crazy. Let's mm-hmm. just go back. The owner of the bear sustained a minor injury while trying to recapture the bears. A local exotic animal expert had agreed to look after the bears while she received medical attention. Um, they need to pass a law to make this illegal. No. Yeah, that's like, not cool. You shouldn't be able to have like all the weapons you want, and you shouldn't be mm-hmm. able to have all the wild animals that you want.
1: No, no. Right? Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. This is true. Uh, before we head to the next animal story, I just have to take a moment because Murphy has kicked in $54 to the After Party Whoa, Live. Oh Murphy. Yeah, saying hello to the After partiers. Hello to you, Murphy. Uh, John and Kim, here's 54 for my 54th birthday this Sunday. Yay, Congratulations. happy birthday. As Rothman would say, there's no place I'd rather be. Thank An you, In celebration Murphy. of your
0: birthday, here's a picture of the two bears.
1: Oh, oh! Look at them in there. They're a little penned in. Okay.
0: Yeah, that needs to end.
1: Yeah, that's not cool. That's
0: just wrong. Mm. Moving on to our next Um, story. This one is about. Wait, um, wait!
1: I want to, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Murphy, and I also want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, Doug,
0: Doug, thank you, Doug.
1: Who, who even before the show started jumped in with ten dollars. So thank you, thank you, Doug. Murphy, you're so awesome, and happy birthday on Sunday. I'll be thinking of you.
0: Thank you.
1: All yes, right. So, so let's head over now to talk about these, this tiger. I guess there was a, a Alleged, trail. A legend. Yeah. Tiger. There's a camera up on the uh, trail, right? Yeah. One of those trail cams. Cam and trail. and yeah. it catches what looks like a tiger. You can see that John has put up the picture with a circle. You can see that that really looks a lot like a tiger. And so when people saw it, they thought, oh, God, there's a tiger on the loose. No. Rowan County Sheriff Travis Allen said they're looking into it. They're up there. They're looking in this wooded area to see if anybody can find any type of a tiger. What's going on there? They they I hope it's a tabby cat. <laughs> it doesn't look like a tabby really? cat. But it could I be. Guess it, <laughs> it could be a matter of
0: perspective. Like how zoomed in on the trail right. is this camera?
1: How big is it compared it's to not the not a trees? very good
0: image. And I wonder they, why it's, it looks like it's they, almost yeah. in like reverse thermal mode. They
1: contacted all the large cat owners in the area. I guess there's people that own large cats, like tigers, yeah. there as a precaution. All the registered tigers were accounted for. So they're hoping it's a tabby cat. Um, it might be Archie. It might be my with cat. A, they say, yeah, without this size reference, it's really hard to know. Oh, another super sticker from the. Really hot, Jim Avila. He knows. I think he's my he's my news crush. So yeah, Kim's hot yeah. for Jim. Well, why wouldn't you
0: be? He's a legendary has, newsman.
1: Have you seen the brain on that guy? I mean, he's super smart. He's when Mark's you know, not interrupting him. Well, that's true. Jim, we Ovala, learned today we love that Mark you.
0: interrupts everybody.
1: <laughs> Thank you for the twenty dollars super sticker. You <laughs> so totally Thank you, rock. Jim. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Taiwan doctors. This. I think I might have to take my headphones off for a minute. This kind of story is the stuff of my nightmares. Like, I can't exist in the world knowing these things happen, and I can't. Uh, A
0: 64-year-old woman in Taiwan who heard clicking and rustling sounds for several days. No, It wasn't her headphones. It wasn't her Zoom (laughs) connection, and it wasn't StreamYard. It turned out to be a small spider in her ear canal, doctors say. Uh, The director (laughs) of this of the hospital in Tainan uh, Municipal Hospital here, co-wrote a case report for the New England Journal of Medicine detailing the case of a woman who sought treatment in April. Uh, She said the woman complained of feeling movement inside her ear as well as Uh -uh. clicking and rustling sounds that prevented her from sleeping. Mm -hmm. Prevented her from sleeping for several nights. Doctors looked into the woman's ear. It's a good idea, right? And discovered a small spider and its discarded exoskeleton inside Uh, the woman's ear. They used a suction tube to remove the arachnid and its exoskeleton Wang Said the woman did not feel any pain from the spider's presence because it was only two to three millimeters in size. That's uh, about 0.08 to 0.1 inches in length. oh. 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 Is the picture gone yet? Take it away. No, it's gone now. I can't.
1: Okay, so this is like my nightmare i my husband laughs because sometimes i put my hair in a ponytail when i'm going to bed and i'll right. always like i'll pull my hair down over my ears to make it harder right. for anything to crawl into my ears and then he'll reach over and he'll like mess with my ear and i'll go "Ooh, it's the spiders are coming in here spe-
0: you, you you specifically pull your hair over your ears to keep something from climbing in
1: yeah any spiders like, Do you or have bugs, a problem flies? in your house i don't know but i don't want anything in there
0: well, I hate to break it so, to you, but first of all, that's not going to work. And second of all, you move <laughs> while you're sleeping, so your hair is just going to move.
1: Don't you tell think me a, that.
0: You think spiders I, can't good, figure out where the good, door is? It's
1: a good plan. It's These a good spiders plan. know
0: where the door is. They're going to find it. You're you nice know, and warm. They
1: have those stories. You see them every so often about the statistics about how many spiders or creepy crawlers uh, check into your orifices while you're sleeping. And you're your, <laughs> your mouth. Orifices, your, what is it, Motel 6? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm well yeah i think you.
0: you they go in your mouth and you you probably swallow them and you never know right
1: stop that i don't even want to think about that no uh, the whole thing is unacceptable so hair over the ears you know make sure you're spider-free <sighs>
0: hair over the ears i like that i love whole... that you think that 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 does anything um i'm you might so as well get unsettled
1: after that picture i you can't. need earplugs now i need something i need okay, a move... mental health expert Okay. This
0: this next story is a little <laughs> less disturbing. Uh, reported human remains in a Washington cave. Okay, these are reported human remains in a Washington cave. And now the photo will give. I think the photo will give it away that these were not human remains. This was indeed no. a plastic beer pong. Bomb. How
1: do you? How do you get? that confused human bones versus a beer bong like somebody, I, what did they think it was a skeleton a femur yeah, well
0: somebody's you know it looked like maybe it could be a decomposed body sitting on the bottom of the lake you you know it's mm. a murky lake you're looking down from yeah. a boat probably uh authorities oh. in washington investigated human uh remains report in a cave okay so it was in a cave it's probably very dark uh that's you know caves tend to be dark on a river and <laughs> arrived to find the sunken skull was actually a plastic beer bong so it was sunken Uh, inside a cave uh this was the washington department of fish and wildlife Uh, the officer responded along with a county sheriff uh detective and border patrol border patrol wow (laughs) (laughs) they got everybody on board
1: they brought everybody out there to make sure okay yeah
0: make sure it's not an illegal migrant um they uh this uh, apparently this paddleboarder reported seeing human remains in the cave uh it was near the canadian border so that's why border patrol Mm -hmm. had to get involved right uh, the investigators... They're, they're not doing that on the Mexican border. No. <laughs> I don't think they have any spare time to go spelunking. No. The investigators took jet skis to the cave entrance and swam inside where they spotted what appeared to be a skull uh, underwater inside the cave. So the they turned out to be that uh, bong.
1: The beer, the beer and, bong, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there you go.
1: Party in the cave! woohoo! Party in the cave. It does look like a really nice lake, though, I will say. Uh, <laughs> let's go to this story because... This is an interesting one. This Arkansas family, they woke up to the smell of fire, so they're looking around for the fire. Where's the flames? Yeah, right. Well, oh, they see this big hole in their deck, and it's singed around the edges. Turns now, keep in out, mind, it's
0: three a.m. in the morning. Yeah, right. Uh, three a.m. in the morning when they start smelling smoke. Yeah,
1: it's three in the morning, and they suspect a meteorite came f- hurtling through time and space and whammed right into their deck. John Devane of Greenwood, Arkansas, said he and his family wake up to the smell of smoke at 3 a.m. looking for the source, and they find this hole in their deck, which had apparently caught fire. Uh, The flames had been extinguished when a corner of the family's hot tub melted from the heat, causing it to pour water onto the deck. You can see the hot tub there in the corner. Devane said he and his family sorted through all the debris with a magnet and they found a small magnetic rock in the hole left by the fire. So the family suspects the rock might be the remains of a meteorite. They have to uh, take their meteorite, their alleged meteorite, to the U.S. Geologi- US Geological Survey for confirmation. And that confirmation can take only a, a, over a year to complete so it could be a while till they know for sure but that's what they think is that a meteorite crashed into their deck
0: it seems a little suspect though it, the first thing you think of when you know there's a fire at 3 a.m is mm-hmm. meteorite like i would think somebody set something on fire or you know there was somebody had a like a like a amateur bomb you know fireworks I mean, or something obviously that's a huge that, hole though.
1: But yeah
0: I mean, to me, my first thought would not be I meteorite. I think meteorite,
1: I think that seems plausible. Although I wouldn't, I think, had the presence of mind to go looking for a magnetic rock.
0: Yeah, that's why this sounds a little s- yeah. suspect to me. Um, mm,
1: we'll have to keep our eye on this story see if you're yeah, right. Yeah, it
0: kind of seems like they want it to be that, and they kind of built this case, uh, you know, and then provided this evidence. But obviously, it, it's very strange. These have to be, They have to, the investigations have to be approved by the governor. It's a very strange oh. system there um, and they're backlogged there's like three three of these cases and the uh they can't go forward until the governor approves them very strange I love
1: Jim says because I always have a magnet to search holes in my deck yeah it just yes. sounds
0: very fishy to me yeah. um, or maybe they maybe they you know they're trying to get on the news and they they you know, blew up their own deck who knows I don't know maybe, maybe I'm able to see insurance
1: money. will the insurance pay out for a meteor strike I don't know
0: yeah, that's actually the local news person asked. Yeah. Oh, really? For that, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: no, it turns out not. You know who is credible? Goldie Hahn. Well,
1: Goldie maybe she Hawn. used to be credible. I don't know if she are, is now.
0: Hey, hey, hey! Be 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 nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldie Hahn says an alien touched me, and it felt like the finger <laughs> of God. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Can you be more specific, Goldie? Just a little Goldie- goose,
1: you know, just a little, little
0: poke. She looks like she's getting poked uh, right there. Uh, Goldie Hawn may have had a very close encounter with the third kind. (laughs) She claims an alien once once touched her. Sorry, Uh, the actress and mother of Kate Hudson is known for appearing in the likes of Death Becomes Her, First Wives Mm -hmm. Club, and Private Benjamin, and recently appeared on Apple Fitness Audio. Uh, There's like a podcast kind of thing. Time to walk. It features guests speaking about their lives and experiences. In a recent episode, saw Goldie talk about her extraterrestrial encounter. She claims that rather than being ambushed by little green men, you know, everybody's looking for that, right? That's what Mm -hmm. you expect, thanks to the X-Files. She, in fact, asked aliens to visit her. So she put in a request. Kim, she was like on the waiting list. The star, now 77, revealed the incident happened in her 20s. How do you you ask them?
1: Do you just like say you look up into the sky and you say dear aliens please come say hello
0: yeah i mean this was this is a while ago i wonder what the okay. technology she used they don't specify don't uh, here yeah actually i think all she right. just she said it out loud when she was living yeah. in california at the time uh she says there was a lot of ufo sightings back then uh, mm-hmm. well there's even more now right she said oh here we go i went outside my door i sat on a little ledge and i looked up at the dark sky yeah uh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> and i saw all these stars and i all I could think was, are we the only planet in the whole wide world, or a whole wide universe uh, that has life on it? It's starting to sound like um, maybe marijuana was involved, mm-hmm. Something. or some kind of psychedelic. She said She's she called her... out. She called She's out to any aliens California listening, moment. yeah, yeah? Okay, saying sorry. that she knows we're not alone, mm-hmm. and I would like to meet you one day. Uh, just four months later, she was settling down for a nap in a friend's car, while working as a dancer, and he heard a high frequency. In her ear, she claims that she then saw three triangular-shaped heads, silver in color, with a tiny little nose, no ears, and a slash for a mouth. The aliens were pointing at me, discussing me like I was a subject. You know what they were probably saying? It's like, is that Goldie Hawn?
1: That's what she- magic mushrooms will do to a person. Really, Goldie?
0: Yeah, it was uh, intergalactic TMZ. I think that's Goldie Hawn. Uh, You you go up to her. No, I don't want to go. You touch her. I don't want to touch her. No. She says she was unable to move, but the aliens touched her and it felt like the finger of God. It was the most benevolent, loving feeling. This was powerful. It was filled with light. She never forgot the experience, apparently, and went on to speak to uh, astrophysicists and research uh, crop circles, claiming once that she dreamed about aliens and the next day had a crop circle appear near where she was staying. Okay, Goldie hmm yeah i'm think?
1: not i don't think i'm buying what she's selling marijuana i don't know Magic whatever mushrooms? what i think that sounds very trippy but maybe it really did happen who am i to say i mean well
0: she seems perfectly credible at least with our audience
1: let's talk about olive garden um <laughs> pull off pull off
0: we're going to the olive garden come I'm on going
1: to the olive garden well olive garden the parent company that, that's called Darden Restaurants, yeah. they're they were. I guess there's the thought that everybody and their brother is now starting to take these weight loss drugs, Ozempic, right? And they right. were thinking because people are taking the this these drugs that make them not want to go to places like Olive Garden, that they were going to have their demand, uh, their revenues tank. Right, that it was really going to affect their business. But they're saying, you know what? No, it doesn't matter that this actually might increase customer demand. They say full-service dining occasions are driven by a desire to connect with family and friends. That doesn't change just because you're on a weight loss drug. Uh, they say they don't think this whole appetite suppressant drug situation will have a meaningful impact on their company. Do you that- think they had
0: like a panic, like a panic session? They're like, people might figure out that they shouldn't be eating 10,000 calories at a sitting.
1: What are we going to do with all this bread? Oh, those breadsticks. That's the only reason to go to Olive Garden. But Olive Garden's not really well thought of either. I'll jump right to the next one because...
0: Yeah, you should it, do this story.
1: It made this list of <laughs> places not to go on a first date. So <laughs> this TV station in Los Angeles, KTLA, They did this story and people sent in, helped them compile a list of the places never to take your with the places women absolutely refuse to go on a first date. Okay. I
0: I love that a TV station could make the request uh, of the audience. You know, we we need you to put together a list and women are like, we're on it. We're on it. (laughs) We got this. Let, Let us provide you with a PowerPoint presentation, man. Here you go.
1: But I don't necessarily agree with the list because number one place not to take your date is Cheesecake Factory.
0: Speaking of ten thousand calories.
1: Yeah, but what's wrong with the Cheesecake Factory? Ten thousand calories. Am I a it's tacky cheesy. date?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's no pun number intended. Number
1: two, I I completely agree. Don't take your first date to Applebee's. No.
0: Also, uh, Lane. Yeah, That's Chili's like taking somebody to McDonald's. McDonald's. These are all like McDonald's.
1: Three number uh, number three chilies, number four Chipotle, Olive Garden comes <laughs> in at number five. Uh, six is the movies. Really? Oh, really? I, I mean, I guess you want to talk and get to know your first date. Well, right? it depends so, on your
0: age group, right? If you're in your teens in movie, or your twenties, yeah, there's nothing wrong with number six.
1: Number seven, don't take your first date to your house.
0: Well, that I think that's that's mm. probably number clearer. eight. Any fast food chain. That's a little thirsty.
1: Number nine, Buffalo Wild Wings. Number 10, Wing Stop. Red Lobster comes in at number 11. Uh, right. Any Buffet comes in at number 12. <laughs> I Hop for 13. Denny's for 14. Don't Take Your Date to the Gym for 15. Wait, Church.
0: Is, that, is that an issue? Are people taking uh, their maybe. dates to the gym? Well, if
1: What if you both loved working out like you were fitness people, right? And like that was your jam. So you were like, oh, well, she really loves to work out. Let's work out together. It'll be a great first date.
0: Okay. I could see that being like, you know, uh, like a non-threatening environment, kind of like a coffee date.
1: Yeah. What if you both, um, you met online, but you discover you're both holy rollers and you just, yeah. church is your jam. 16, church, don't take your date to church. 17, Starbucks. 18, any coffee dates. I thought that was a big thing, like taking your date, meeting. Did we need people 17 for coffee. and
0: 18. Could we have uh, yeah, made this a little no. more efficient?
1: Coffee dates, ice cream dates. I'm down for an ice cream date. Uh, 20, don't bring your first date. Did they say what the problem is with any of these? No, these are just things you shouldn't be doing on your first dates. Anyway, uh, I don't know. See, there were some great, great comments from people. A lot of people disagreed with number one, Cheesecake Factory, saying, what the heck is wrong with Cheesecake Factory? Uh, It's not that inexpensive. So if you're trying to compare it to a cheap restaurant, it's not that cheap. Um, It's
0: still cheesy. (laughs)
1: That's not a good first impression. One of the anchors said, "If you won't go to cheesecake factory on a first date, you are the problem." (laughs) There's nothing wrong with going to the cheesecake factory on the first date. (laughs) Obviously, makes sense.
0: Some of them don't really make sense. Like uh, number twenty-six. If somebody wants to go out for drinks, why can't that be a thing that you do?
1: Right. I don't know. So I don't know, ladies. The women supposedly helped uh, craft this list of don't take your first date here, but. Some are there any, are, did they uh, pro-
0: uh, propose any solutions? Like, what's the no. alternative like, here? So,
1: where can you go? Right? Yeah, you're
0: not allowed to go for a coffee. You're not allowed to go for drinks.
1: I guess you have to go to a really nice upscale restaurant.
0: Oh, I see what it's about.
1: The beach wasn't on there. You could go to the beach and have a picnic. That's nice.
0: And the men said uh, on their list is uh, women who expend, expect a very expect expensive a very restaurant expensive on the date. first day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Red flag. Uh, Red flag. All
1: right. Well, um, let's. Uh, speaking of expensive, talk about this map that was found.
0: Yeah, this is um very. You know, people talk about going to uh you know uh, estate sales and then yeah. finding things and then they end up you know being very valuable and then they go on antiques roadshow. Um, do you ever watch that show?
1: I love that show. My
0: mom has it on every Sunday when I visit. When I visit her, and uh, yeah. and then eventually I say, Mom, can we change the channel? Um, but people get really into it. Here, this guy, he went to the right estate sale. He went to the Getty, the Getty family's estate sale and found a $7.5 million 14th century treasure. So this is a La Jolla map dealer. His name is Alex Clausen, and he came upon a rare 14th century nautical chart at an estate sale for Ann and Gordon Getty. Um, And although the designation may not at first read uh, exude adventure or romance. Clausen really <laughs> is a modern-day uh, treasure hunter. You know, um, yeah. map dealer doesn't sound very exciting, but you know, looking he, for he, the good stuff. He's looking for the good stuff. He doesn't sail the seas in search of sunken ships or pirate booty, uh, but from his perch uh, in La Jolla, he has made some uh, impressive discoveries. He's 35 years old. He peruses auctions, estate sa- uh, sales, hello ladies, and other mm-hmm. dealers' websites in search of antique maps. And manuscripts and uh, pivotal historical documents have also been forgotten or overlooked, sometimes for decades. A few years ago, he got his hands on the original drawings for the Statue of Liberty. But nothing, he says, compares to a $7.5 million uh, fine that came across last fall. He was deep in a virtual tour of the estate sale for oil heir Gordon Getty and his wife Anne, an avid collector who died in 2020. Tucked between a George II mahogany uh, (laughs) breakfront secretary bookcase... Yeah, uh, you know, you know what those are. Of and a course. series, <laughs> a series of, <laughs> you watch Antiques Roadshow, mm-hmm. and a series of manuscripts and watercolor maps showed the waterways of Venice. Claussen found a type of antiqu- uh, antiquated nautical map known as a portalon chart. That's, the chart- you know,
1: I often have things like just, just tucked in between my dining room cabinet and my whatever, you know. Yeah, you of know, course. You never know what you're going to find. You just kind of reach in at the Getty house and pull out a $7.5 million map.
0: That's why I, I, you know, I need to get my mom together with like a list and we need to go through. I'm like, okay, you need to tell me how much these Persian carpets are worth.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, if we were to hold a garage sale, this would be going really cheap. So if it's yeah, not yeah, cheap. Yeah, yeah which yeah. ones
0: should uh, we hold on mm. to and have appraised? The chart which the estate sale uh, dated between 1500 and 1525 caught his eye. It wasn't like the chairs, lamps, and things that surrounded it. The estimated price between 100,000 and 150,000 seemed fitting for a Portland chart from the 16th century. But Au something contraire. didn't quite fit. The yeah. map seemed older. What unfolded became the best uh, story of a Portland chart, at least in the United States, in the years that he's been chasing them. Um, it says that they're hand-drawn seafaring maps, typ- typically drafted on animal skin, and they were used during early exploration for navigation between ports. They're known for their distinctive rum lines that radiate from various points in the ocean in the direction of wind or compass points to help navigators plot their course. Um, there's no two Portland's really uh, from this early phase that are the same. Um, so, as Clausen examined the chart more closely, the date just didn't seem right. Granada in south, uh, southeastern Spain was labeled with a different flag than the other Spanish kingdoms in the Iberian Peninsula. The details uh, stuck out because Granada was home to the last holdout of the Moorish king before surrendering to Spanish forces mm. in 1492. That would place the map at its latest in the 15th century, not the 16th century. So, this oh, guy. So it's much older than they think. Yeah, he knows his stuff, and it paid mm. off. Pretty impressive.
1: I I'm looking at this map. They think it's from 1360. That it dated back that far, to 1360. Yeah. And that instead of $100,000, it was worth 7.5 mil because it was so much older. Interesting.
0: Very cool. Man. Um something else that's very cool is this uh, 92-year-old man who's trying to uh, break a record.
1: It I I hope it's not the reminiscent of the woman, the woman in her 90s who broke the world Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest skydiver and then died two days later. I think she She's, was 104. Oh, sorry. She was 104. My bad. Trying My to bad. take away her uh, claim yeah, her to fame. Accomplishment. Yeah, accomplishment. This man is 92 and he has gone on a hike of the Grand Canyon from rim to rim. I don't think I could do that. And here he is, 92. Look at him going. Yeah, he's, he's a done real it, hiker.
0: Man- I think he's done it many, many times.
1: Yeah. he's. They believe he's the oldest person to ever do this trek. His name is Alfredo Aliaga. He was born in Spain. His daughter went with him on the hike. His son-in-law, too, and some volunteer witnesses. 24 miles, 21 hours of hiking it took him. He has done this several times. Uh, This time, he was greeted by as many as 100 supporters at the end of his hike. So people gathered to celebrate him. He is now believed to be the oldest person to cross the Grand Canyon rim to rim on foot. The old record was held by John Jepkema. He was 91 years old uh, when he did this in March. So now... You have Alfred Aliaga at 92 who sweeps in to take the record. Aliaga said whether or not he's awarded the Guinness World Records title, he's planning to do this whole thing again next year. He is not done. You can't say, he says, I'm too old to do things. He said, I am healthy, I am happy, and he's going to go for it. Well, done. that's pretty.
0: That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. I you know, I have friends that do the Pacific Coast. What do they call it, the P- Pacific Coast Pacific Trail? Rim, PCT. Pacific,
1: Pacific Rim Trail? Pacific or is it? Pacific no, the Coast Pacific Coast, Coast Trail. Trail, the one that goes okay. from like
0: Mexico and then all the way north, uh, I think all the way to Canada. Yeah. And it takes forever. I have no desire,
1: mm-hmm. no
0: desire to do that. Do you?
1: No, no desire at all.
0: And then I'm just following them. they like, how many pairs of shoes they have to go through and they have to stop to like refuel and get more food and, and people die on the trail. I'm like,
1: no, thanks, That's okay.
0: I'll watch the nature, like the episode of nature that covers it, you know, or the, the I'm down s- for a day TV hike. Show.
1: That's about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, people put themselves in these positions and then, I mean, obviously he, this is the Grand Canyon. He has people around right. him, but the people go off in the wilderness and then they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll come back. Maybe we won't. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. No, no, no. Uh,
1: when we come back after just a little break on the After Party Live, we'll talk about the Fawns and how hard it was for him to read the scripts, the Happy Days scripts, really interesting. And I didn't know that he had this issue. And Patrick Dempsey is from Lewiston, Maine. He will talk, Be he, he's not coming here. But we'll oh, tell you oh. what he has to say about uh, what happened there in his hometown. And it's getting more expensive to have Apple TV. We'll talk all about these things next on the After Party Live.
0: The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a-rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration.
1: Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live it never gets old doug no, thank you for the ten dollars you're so nice oh you guys and murphy happy birthday on sunday do we have the balloons in the background murphy, the happy out. happy happy birthday i'll be thinking of you on sunday 54 you're awesome uh and jim avila the news my news crush for a 20 super sticker that is so kind you guys i also want to thank season. It, and the, what is it? The mating season and the, the gators are restless. What so would I say? <laughs>
0: it's Friday. You know the gators the, are out there.
1: Yeah. Um. Thank you to ongoing contributors, Meredith D and Kathleen G. You guys just participating in the show. Thanks everyone for being here and doing that. Really, really kind. I'm Very overwhelmed cool. with emotion. I am. Are you going to cry? Um. No, not today. Okay. Not doing it. Okay. Let's talk about entertainment. The fawns. Yeah, the Fonz, Henry Winkler? Oh, there he is. Yeah. He's... Talk about a sweet person. As a matter of fact, he was just in Petaluma not too long ago. Really? Yeah. Did he
0: swing by your house?
1: He was... No. He was at Copperfield's Books, and I didn't even know where. I might have gone down there. But he says his Happy Days table reads were humiliating because he didn't know he had dyslexia. So he had a hell of a time reading and getting through all this. Uh, Don't you just want to scoop him up and hug him? Like, you know... He got no help with all of this. It was uh, in the 1970s that he was sitting down trying to read the script in front of everyone for Happy Days. He didn't find out that he was severely dyslexic until the age of 35. Wow, uh, that's a for- long time to go. For years, he says, he struggled to do basic math, to spell, and to read, all because of this learning disability. He said, even in the midst of my happy days, at the height of my fame and success, I felt embarrassed and inadequate. I would lose my place or I would stumble. I would leave a word or a line out. So he just thought he wasn't bright? Yeah, that's what you would think. I mean, if you didn't know that you had a learning disability and that there was a whole nother way that you could learn everything you needed yeah. to know, you would think there was something wrong with you. And there is yeah. nothing wrong with him.
0: All well, right. and there are different kinds of intelligence on top of that. Um, you know, yeah. like I'm technically inclined, but mm-hmm. I can't do even a lot of basic math in my head. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, yeah. eh, you know, everyone has their kryptonite, right? Sure. Yeah. Everyone has different forms of intelligence.
1: Yeah, this is true. But uh, when you have a
0: learning disability on top of that, like, wow, that's I can
1: understand the embarrassment. He says other actors would be waiting and staring at me. He said it was humiliating and it was shameful. Everyone in the cast was warm and supportive, but I constantly felt that I was letting them down. Once he was eventually diagnosed, he says he was so effing angry because he realized his dyslexia was genetic. It wasn't a way that he decided to be. Right. And you know what? If it's genetic, then people, someone should have told you, right? That we, we have this problem. They should have told the teachers so that they well, could be I mean, diagnosed back then, earlier. I people guess. People didn't talk
0: about their problems at all, right? Oh. The fathers didn't talk about anything. They didn't talk about the war. They didn't talk about the his, medical histories, right? Yeah. People kind of kept the embarrassing things quiet.
1: He but you said, know what's not embarrassing? What? Oh, Calvin, 5150. Happy birthday. I love that. Oh, wait, 5150. 5150? Uh-oh. Yeah. We happy that birthday. Means. It's not my birthday, but it is Murphy's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Murphy. to Murphy, Murphy and Calvin Wong. You're awesome. Thank you for supporting the show. So cool. Uh, really appreciate that. So, yeah, that's what happened to Henry Winkler. Now, of course, he is not only an actor, he's directed. He is an author, which is why he was at my local bookstore uh, giving a, a read on one of his books so he's managed to fight And he his has an awesome
0: reputation with everyone in hollywood as being one of the nicest men yeah, they've he's ever a met. really cool guy yeah absolutely very humble
1: yeah um patrick dempsey doesn't have i don't think he has that great of a reputation
0: he's less um humble he's
1: <laughs> less humble but he comes from lewiston maine where this shooting just happened where 18 people oh. were killed Yeah. And so he says uh, he's heartbroken. This is a small town. It's like 40,000 people in this town. And he is reacting to the shooting saying I am shocked and deeply saddened by the tragedy in my hometown Lewiston, Maine. He said Maine's great strength. Is it sense of community? And now we are being asked to come together to support everyone that's been devastated by this senseless act. He said, my family and I are heartbroken for the victims, for their families, and for the community. So he he actually opened up a community center in Lewiston to uh, provide, what is it? Uh, the, he has the Dempsey Center in Lewiston. That's a cancer center. And I think he has another center there, but the cancer center provides personalized, comprehensive cancer care at no cost. And that's in honor of his mom who had ovarian cancer to honor her. She, I, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, our former coworker, Brian Pelletier, shout out to Maine. And um, mm-hmm. obviously it's really tragic what's happening there. Brian actually, yeah. you know, he was uh, he was a producer of Chip Franklin's show and yeah. he lives there, he's from there. And he knows, I, I don't wanna give away like um, private information, but he knows mm-hmm. a bunch of people up there. He knows doctors that are treating people. And he used to cover Lewiston um, as a reporter Mm -hmm. in his 20s. He says it's an old milled town, run down and sketchy, but bouncing back from uh, bad times mostly. Um, Really tragic, really sad. Obviously, you know, politicians just don't care enough to do anything. And nobody wants to challenge the Second Amendment. So it's like, what, we're just stuck until we have a revolution? Yeah. (laughs) Like. Nothing's going to happen. Um,
1: my first thought when I read this news about what happened in Maine was Brian, because I, I wasn't sure how far away he lived yeah, from like there. And minutes, I, I had seen miles away. Nikki and I both felt like this. We saw him uh, post something on Facebook that he and his wife were going out on a date night. And so yeah. it was a cute picture of them. And I thought, oh no, I hope that they weren't anywhere near Yeah, He's like 30, 40 this.
0: miles away. Or th- yeah. I'm sorry, 30, 40 minutes away.
1: It's still too close for comfort for me. So it's sad. Very sad. Yeah. Um,
0: Apple is back in the news. Apple never really goes away, I don't think. No. But um, this corporation with more money than most, almost every country, right? Mm-hmm. Their subscriptions have just gotten more expensive. Uh, Apple has raised the prices of the other subscription services. Uh, existing subscribers will have to pay the new rates 30 days later on your next renewal date, according to the company. Apple services segment has become its second largest revenue generator behind only the iPhone. So they've raised the price of Apple TV Plus. Apple one. Are you getting confused by all these names? Yes. Because I'm like we have Apple TV but I don't know do we have Apple TV Plus? I think if it's the plus then it is the TV. I'm like oh, it's getting too confusing. Everything what is the plus different?
1: After. What's the plus what's different from the plus than the regular? Like they have some pe- pe- things you have to pay for if you have the regular? Yeah, I, I
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. Is there an Apple TV without, without the plus? <laughs> That's I don't, they, I don't I don't think so. But anyway, Apple okay. TV Plus costs 9.99 up from 6.99. And uh, similar hikes will impact Apple One, Arcade, and News. And I'm on a trial, right. like a free trial, like a 90 days for the news. Right. Um, but I don't think I'm going to... I think they have enough money. They don't need more of my money. Um, no. Although I do find it annoying that I can't turn off the stories that aren't free. So it's like I paid, you know, what, $1,100, $1,200 for this phone. And you can remove specific channels, like, say, Fox News. Not that right. I removed Fox News from my lineup, but I did. Uh, but you can't tell it, hey, stop giving me articles that I can't read, right? It's kind of annoying. Yeah. I paid all this money, right? And now they're raising the rates. Uh, it's 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 insane. Uh, I don't know. Uh, are are you okay with like just paying more and more and more? No I'm, okay and no, I'm not okay with Netflix is going up and Apple's going up.
1: Really not. Well, what it means is that I have to really pick and choose yeah. what services I take, and if they are all raising their prices so much, then I'm gonna have to do away with some.
0: Yeah, their bundled package increased from thirty two ninety five to thirty seven ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's so prof- profitable, and it's their number two r- revenue generator, and they have they're sitting on what hundreds of is it hundreds of billions? <laughs> just like really, do you need to? Mm-hmm. Do you need to? I uh, guess their they services do. brought in twenty one billion dollars during the quarter, just the quarter. Kim, wow. one quarter of the year brought in twenty one billion dollars. I don't yeah. see this as necessary.
1: That's a lot of iPhone a, sales.
0: I I do have an investment in Apple. Full disclosure, but uh, mm-hmm. as a stockholder, I say, "Whoa, calm down, Apple." We're their serv- their
1: services brought in twenty one point twenty one billion in revenue. I think you just said that, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for a quarter. Wow,
0: just a quarter of the year, and they're like, "It's ben. not enough." Yeah, <laughs> we we need more.
1: Let's check out this story because it's a newsy story. So it, okay. right away, it it kind of per- piques my interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about USA Today, which is owned by uh, Gannett, right? Gannett, yeah. They have these mysterious bylines that appeared on a USA Today website. And so now there's a question, did these people ever even exist?
0: Right. Like, they, Now, this isn't the main, this isn't USA no, Today, and it's, it's not called, like an actual newspaper site.
1: It's called Reviewed right okay. it's a USA today owns this website it's called reviewed and reviewed's whole point is shopping recommendations which are sketchy to me okay. anyway so you're already in that that space you're already in the gray zone because we've seen stories about SFgate where you know they'll allow you to buy your way into a higher place on their website make it look like a news story but really it's a paid advertisement kind of thing right, right. and also we've seen um stories about yelp where if you know if you pay money all of a sudden somehow you're getting good reviews or whatever it is so articles were published on this site reviewed by the writers that no one had ever heard of and they all used suspiciously similar language in the writing different different bylines different authors very similar language One of the staff writers couldn't figure out where these reviews for products like insulated drink tumblers and scuba gear were coming from. She said she stayed at her desk for an hour panicking over this new website none of us had a hand in. Mm -hmm. The reviews were so vague about these products that they were supposedly reviewing that the colleagues started thinking that it was AI. That was likely someone was using AI to do this. They didn't know who the writers were. The names were like Brianna Miller or Avery Williamson. And they were unable to find evidence of these writers Yeah, that's on a LinkedIn. credibility problem right there. No professional websites knew who they were. Right. Uh, all reviewed employees are supposed to be unionized through the News Guild of New York. And uh, they don't know who these people it are. It would be bad
0: enough if these reviews yeah. popped up without a name, but they're tying it to... A name of a reporter that doesn't exist
1: no that's right tricky. so you're supposed
0: to think that this is a person who went out and reviewed this yeah. product and checked it out and evaluated it that's this whole thing is happening acceptable.
1: i guess a lot of um, publications and media organizations are trying to ramp up these product review sites because it's a way to make money and so this is, you know, this whole thing is happening. Now, Gannett says the articles were not AI generated. They say many of them have now been deleted, but were created through a deal with a marketing firm to generate paid search engine traffic.
0: A marketing uh, firm that was very busy and probably used AI to create the articles. Mm-hmm.
1: Gannett says it's, the it's original article. Third articles, party
0: contractor excuse.
1: They say the articles didn't meet our affiliate standards, but they deny that it was written by AI.
0: Well, then where are these people? Where are these people with these names? They're Uh, back at the
1: marketing firm.
0: But they said that they couldn't, they didn't exist. They did searches on LinkedIn and all over the internet, and people uh, didn't exist. If you're a reporter, you're findable on the internet.
1: Even if that's true, and the articles were written by people at a marketing firm, the website is called reviewed. It means you're supposed to review products and give your legitimate opinion. If you work at a marketing firm, your only opinion is this is a great product. Oh, yeah. And let me sell more of it. So, no. Yeah. Nope, I'm not on board with that.
0: Nope. No, uh, no, 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 no. This next <laughs> story uh, is, uh, there's a lot of detail here. It's uh, one of these like deep dives on the Washington Post, so I won't read the, yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but it's near and dear to our heart because it's about content creators.
1: Mm, that's like us, this, right?
0: Like YouTubers, yeah. Okay. Millions work as content creators, <laughs> but in official records, they barely exist. So the U.S. Census Bureau tallies for the federal government, uh, they have this extensive list of or sorry, 22,607 American industries, right? So the Census Bureau keeps track of every industry, recognizing those who work in such narrow fields as pickled onion manufacturing, right? What? A, what? Adult <laughs> adult bookstores and oh. canoe repair. So they're, they're oddly specific, right? And they keep track of all these uh, categories of work. But the index makes no mention of social media, which is a glaring oversight that misses one of the most monumental changes that have swept the United States labor force in years. Millions have ditched traditional career paths or had them ditched for them, <laughs> in our case, to work as online creators and content makers, making their computers and phones, uh, uh, they're using their computers and phones to amass followers and build a business whose influence now rivals the biggest names in entertainment, news, and politics. So they're calling it, of course, the creator economy. It's a global industry valued at $250 billion. Oh. tens of of millions of workers. You are part of an industry valued at $250 billion. So Hundreds what you're
1: trying to say is we're really going places?
0: Well, you know, first we have to uh, compete with that that YouTube channel that the kids have, the 10-year-old and the 11-year-old oh, that we yeah. featured the other day with 150,000 subscribers. But it, there's a lot of people out there. That's why it's, it's so difficult to get noticed, right? There's, yeah. a lo- there's a lot of noise. Hundreds of millions of customers are involved in the uh, the creator economy and its own trade association uh and work credentialing programs have been put into place but in the US the video giant YouTube estimated there are roughly 390,000 full-time jobs last year that were supported by its creators work that's okay. pretty significant right it's four times the number of people employed by GM that's wow. kind of a big deal.
1: So when are they going to start counting people and, and realizing that those jobs are legitimate?
0: Well, it looks like they need, they need to do that. Um, but they, you know, of course, the, being on YouTube and being a social influencer was, you know, considered kind of a frivolous craze for tweens and teens. Mm-hmm. And people just didn't want to take it for granted. Um, but the U.S. government still has no laws regulating how creators, uh, you know, have, earn a living. There's mm-hmm. a lot of kids involved. Right. Oh, so, yeah. you know, people people have these accounts where they pretend like it's the kid that created the account when you, you can tell there's like very, very sophisticated video editing. And obviously mm-hmm. their parents, their parents are running these channels. Um, but uh, it's something that's not really regulated. So it's kind of up to these tech companies these tech companies can make uh, immediate changes like, yeah. you know, um, we have to be careful what we say right now before we're monetize <laughs> But, you know, th- exactly. The, the big tech can just decide, OK, this is what you're getting paid. Um, this is you're not getting paid for this. you are getting paid for this and and people just don't have any say, right? right. Um, so you have all these all these kids, all these um, musicians. Uh, and it just doesn't make sense that the um the government hasn't uh, become involved. So analysts expect uh, the industry's total addressable market and estimate um, an estimate of consumer demand will jump from two hundred and fifty billion this year to four hundred and eighty billion dollars by twenty twenty seven. For comparison, the global revenue from video games is now at 227 billion. So, what did you
1: tell me the other day? How many people are on YouTube doing what we're doing?
0: Oh, I think it was double-digit millions. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. double-digit
0: millions in terms of channels. Not not doing what we're doing, which is live streaming. But, right. Um, but still, there's a lot of people out there, and um, and because of the algorithm, you know, you can see like Mark's show would be even more popular if it was shown on the front page of mm-hmm. YouTube, like it was the other day when he had what did you how many people viewed the show
1: i think i was like eighty thousand viewers viewers yeah to the, like, at the end went, of the day after even went after the, the recording yeah right yeah so
0: the, the 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 takeaway here is that we have this huge new industry that's just not kind of counted and not really reported and it's creating these odd situations where it's boom and bust people are self-employed um, yeah they may make a lot of money you know in, in one month but then make no money the next month they're you don't really because you're out for your you're on your own you if you take time off you not only risk losing money um Mm -hmm. but you could lose your entire channel and your popularity if you don't keep it going so a lot of people are just working 24 7 um they're they're never taking vacation right um so it's very interesting but uh i think um you know the government's gonna have to get involved at least start counting these jobs but also they're gonna have to regulate the workplace i think don't you think
1: I think I think so, too. We're lucky that we have each other. So, you know, we can take a day off or we can do we can do other things. You know, Mark can go take a cruise or Nikki can go work in the city. We all have each other to back each other up. But I I think probably a lot of the folks aren't that lucky. They don't they didn't come from a place where we all started doing this together. Right.
0: Yeah. So it, it, yeah. this is another case. You know we have AI, we have, you know, YouTube and all these influencers. We have all this technology that's really changing the uh, the economy, changing the business models, right? And those worker protections are kind of going away uh, because they're being um, they're kind of jumping jumping past the the traditional employer-employee relationship, right? Yeah. It's been transformed into this gig gig economy. Yeah. Right. That's true. Everyone's an independent contractor now. So
1: speaking of which, huge. Thank you, Nick uh, Davila, for the $10 super sticker. Great thank show. You, he writes, keep the party going. Thank you. We'll, we'll keep the party going. And Anyway, Nick it's for a, kind of, of a convoluted of long yeah. story.
0: If you want to check it out, it's in yeah. the Washington Post. Uh, the headline is millions work as content creators in official records. They barely exist.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Another thing we've been talking a lot about on this uh, this party. Is the Cruise Waymo situation, and we know earlier you we were talking about how Cruise is now suspending operations. Right. They were accused of trying to hide video of that accident that we mentioned earlier, where the woman was hit by a car with a driver and then thrown oh. into the path of this Cruise vehicle right. and stopped right. on top of her. Yeah, and then the DMV suspended their permit, and now they've suspended their operations for for the time being. Well. The San Francisco Giants had the cruise patch very prominently placed on the arm of their right, uniform. Yeah, you can see on the side of the jersey, it's a, there's a little cruise car and it says "Cruise" underneath. Well, now there's a little bit of distance being put in here. That's the new manager Bob Melvin, and he's already got his Giants jersey with his cruise patch on the side. He, uh, I, the, yeah, the the thing with this cruise patch is. Now maybe they don't want it on there, but it's sewn in a in a way that when a player is up at bat, you know it's it's very it's always if it's a left they're left-handed it's put on the right-hand side if they're right-handed it's put on the left-hand side. So the camera is always shining on this Cruz thing. They're very very visible. When the Giants made this deal with Cruz, they said the partnership will remain exclusive through 2025. And I don't know how much Cruise, money changed hands. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but uh the giants are now not commenting about the jersey patch. Cruz doesn't have an answer as to whether the patch is gonna stay on. Hey, it's but not it's, their fault.
0: That's their standard uh, answer.
1: That's not it's not our fault. Um, but these these patches are placed, they say, for maximum viewing uh on these jerseys, but Giants fans think maybe they might be bad luck, too. After everything that's happened in the city with these cruise vehicles, there was an unfortunate on-field performance trend once the patch went on to the jersey. In the first game that the cruise patches were worn, the Giants beat the Diamondbacks. Um, but after that, completely, the Giants completely fell apart. In their final 52 games, the Giants went 18 and 34, going from a war- wild card position to finishing v- poorly. And the Giants fans think the cruise patches are cursed. Yeah, OCB bum, says bum, they're starting bum. to look like
0: NASCAR drivers with all the sponsors. It's and Sean uh, Watson asks, um, they can add a crushed body under the car.
1: <laughs> no they can't put that on the patch no no that's not gonna work cruise is still rolling their vehicles in austin uh and houston and phoenix but not in san francisco for right now and says again, the
0: patches look bad i i agree they they're a yeah, little big uh, it's very big
1: it's very intrusive it doesn't it doesn't flow no it's not uh but whether the company's patches will stay on the Giants jerseys, even with its car off the city streets, remains to be seen. So we'll see how it goes. Again, supposed to be there through 2025. We don't know. Cruise and are 2025. They, are they cursed? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
0: can you move off of me? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Blinkers are on.
1: Sensors are locked. That's it. That's funny. Okay. Um,
0: um, from Giants. Uh, from <laughs> giant from bad patch, to worse. From bad to worse. Retail theft is uh, at its worst in 10 different cities, according to a a new study um, from our friends, uh, the study people. Um, Check this out. Uh, Retail theft. Sorry, pop-up ads. You know what it's like. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Retail crime has been on the rise in the U.S., forcing some major retailers to even close uh, locations in response. A new report shows that U.S. cities have become especially hard hit by organized retail crime. You know, we've seen that here in San Francisco. Yeah. The National Retail Federation, the world's largest retail trade association, uh, recently released its 2023 Retail Security Survey. The report contains insights from 177 retail brands, which accounted for $1.6 trillion in retail sales in 2022 and represent more than 97,000 retail locations. Overall, retailers that participated in the survey reported that inventory loss, um, it's in the industry, they call it shrink or shrinkage, mm-hmm. Uh that's also a uh, episode of uh, Seinfeld. It uh, clocked in <laughs> at an average rate of 1.6 percent last year, representing 112 billion dollars in losses. That's up for 1.4 percent the previous year. The greatest there. portion of shrink, 65 percent, came from external theft, including products taken during organized shoplifting incidents. Yeah. You've seen this where they just like run in, S- scoop in a group, up a and then they just stuff. scoop up like shirts and and, mm-hmm. and purses, and and they just run out. Um, obviously those are all, you know, organized based on the reported inventory losses. They found the cities most impacted by retail theft last year were coming in at number one. Do you have a guess?
1: Mm, I'm going to say San Francisco. Coming in at
0: number one. It's not San Francisco. Mm. Close nearby.
1: Oakland? San Jose? San Jose?
0: No, think, uh, further south.
1: Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. Los Angeles. Number one. Uh, I guess based just on the sheer size of the city, you'd have right. more opportunity for theft. Now, coming in at number two, uh, they put Oakland before San Francisco. I wonder if yeah. there's a reason for that. Oakland yeah. slash San Francisco, California. Okay. Num- number three, Houston. Uh, number four, New York. Uh, number, f- I'm surprising that's so low. Uh, Seattle, number five. And then we have Atlanta, then Sacramento, and tied, mm-hmm. tied, Sacramento tied with Chicago. Mm. Very interesting. And then Denver, Colorado, Miami, and uh, Albuquerque um, all come in uh, next. Uh, This is the fifth consecutive year that Los Angeles has topped the list for overtaking, uh, after overtaking New York in 2018. Okay, so New York was number one, but uh, LA took over in uh, 2018. So there you have it. Uh, (sighs) Retail theft.
1: Let's talk about something happier. Okay, how about nudity? Can we talk about nudity? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Let's talk about getting naked people. Woohoo! Now, this place is for sale. It's an it's 88 years old, been around for a long time in Los Gatos. It's a nude resort in California in Los Gatos that is now being sold. <clears throat> yes. You too can disrobe and go frolicking through Lupin in Los Gatos. You can buy it yourself for $32 million. It's Lupin Lodge, this historic nudist resort in the Los Gatos Mountains, in the Santa Cruz Mountains, up for sale. It's about 110 acres. It's got sun decks, a pool, a hot tub, lodging, a restaurant, hiking trails. case you want to hike Naked Nudie and other amenities. Um, But the people that own it are done. They say it's it's too much for them.
0: (laughs) They're like, we're done. We've seen too much. We're done.
1: I think they're older. They're trying to retire and it's too, I mean, 110 acres. That's a lot to handle, right? They say it's been very stressful. I'm really retiring for my health. So- yeah. Lupin Lodge has been delighting naturalists and nudists for decades. There's a lot of wildlife up there. It's very secluded. Um, their whole season. attitude is around self-acceptance. Uh yeah, and so you can buy it again. 32 million for 110 acres in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Los Gatos's Lupin Lodge. And the pictures, you know, it's 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 nice. It looks nice. The The Stouts, by the way, have been running Loop and Lodge since 1977. So wow, they've been that's doing this. It's a lot of long, It's a lot of parts they've had to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And you have
0: to be dedicated to that. You have to really be into that. That's a lot to deal with. And it's never really the people you want to see nude that you see nude. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It sounds interesting, but I don't know. That's a lot to take on, right? Day to day.
1: It is. They've had some issues up there. I bet they have. They had a controversy over, they were charged, the owners were charged with felony conspiracy to commit trespassing for the purpose of injuring a property right after they were accused of illegally diverting water from a nearby stream to their own systems. Uh, They pleaded no contest, uh, so accepted a conviction but didn't admit guilt. Yeah, they've had some issues up there. It's been a it's been a wow. bumpy ride up at Lilo. And you Loop don't want to be
0: downstream, mm. downstream on the water system. Uh. Just because they're
1: <laughs> naked doesn't mean they're using it as a restroom. Come on.
0: No, I mean I'm sure they have like uh, thermal springs or you know oh, some kind of like bathing. Yeah. They must have like pools and whatnot. I mean, what do you do when you're nude? Well, I don't, ans- don't answer go that swimming?
1: question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay,
0: let's go south to yeah. uh, New Zealand. Oh please. Uh, Yeah, this is pretty crazy and very strange song, uh, very strange story. Car drivers are torturing a city in New Zealand with Celine Dion songs. Oh,
1: Celine!
0: Drivers of uh, cars armed with a playlist of Celine Dion songs have been plaguing residents of a small New Zealand city for months on end with loud, late night, what they're calling siren battles. The beloved Canadian singer's melodies lose their charm when blared at a high volume as late as 2 a.m. in the morning.
1: Oh, no. Say
0: sleepless residents of Pororua, north of Wellington, and home to 60,000 people. Uh, The mayor says it's a headache. Siren battles have erupted in parts of New Zealand for at least seven (laughs) years. Uh, Local media have reported on contestants, often people with family links to Pacific Island nations, using large siren-type speakers on top of their cars and even bicycles to drown each other out with their powerful sound systems. (laughs) Quote, they love Celine Dion, the mayor says. They like anyone with a high pitch and great tone in their voice. In Pororua, people have had enough of hearing the power ballads, including (laughs) my heart will go on and it's all coming back to me now. The contests (laughs) start as early as 7 p.m. and can go as late as 2 a.m. in the morning. It's, (laughs) It's, poor mayor, it's really loud. They only play a quarter of the song, so it's like having a turntable that comes screeching out of nowhere. Um, competing cars park with their engines running, blasting out music before moving to avoid the police, and people are not getting any sleep.
1: It's really funny, though. I, are they doing it to be funny, or are they doing it because they really love Celine Dion?
0: I think it's both, but I think it, it's kind of like a not a gang battle per se, but like you know, it's like a challenge. Like they're trying to outdo each other.
1: Is I wonder if it's. <laughs> I wonder if it's, you know, Celine Dion fans probably skew toward middle-aged women, I'm going to say. I don't know. I wonder if it's a bunch of kids doing this or if it's a bunch of, like, real Celine Dion fans that are older.
0: Yeah, I, I get the sense it's probably like 20-something people. with mm-hmm. Nothing better to do. Uh, it says nearly 300 disgruntled residents ha- so far have p- signed a petition on the, web- on the website uh. Change.org demanding that the city council put a stop to it. Um, but they've received, obviously, a lot of complaints. Um, and they say here, although I love Celine Dion in the comfort of my lounge and at, <laughs> at my volume, I do not enjoy hearing fragments of it stopping and starting anytime between 7 p.m. and 2 a.m., she said. This is the mayor. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy.
1: Uh, it's. I love this. I hope Selena's flattered. Square. I bet she wouldn't be to know that it was there. Her music was being used as a, a tool to disrupt life in the middle of the night. I, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, there, it's totally yeah, random. They say. There's, there's no set <laughs> nights. It's just random. It's all over the place. Um, and and when summer started back up, you know they they come back in huge numbers. Uh, the mayor said that yeah. she would meet with police to find a resolution. We don't want people leaving the city because of the noise. It's just unacceptable. <laughs> Sorry, Celine fans.
1: That's really funny. Um, Oh, is it? Oh, really?
0: Yeah. It's that time.
1: Every time it surprises me and every time I'm so disappointed. It's over. Party over. But you know what? The good news is it's Friday. So you get to keep the party going at your house. Doug, $10 super sticker. So grateful. Murphy, happy birthday on Sunday to you. Thank you for the super sticker. Jim Avila, you are adored with a $20 super sticker. Calvin for $51.50. Nick for $10. So thankful. Harry for $5. And uh, thank Ongoing you, guys. Ongoing contributors, Meredith yeah. Dean,
0: Kathleen G. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great weekend, Kim McAllister.
1: Bye. You too, John Daly. Love everybody. Bye. Out a time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.